Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. All of us are finding different ways to escape right now, aren't we? Like getting out to the beach, getting away, out to cabins. But a lot of us tend to flock to water. There's something about us as humans. I know me personally, the beach, I don't like going into the water, but I love looking at it. Because water is elemental, sustaining all manner of human and sea life. The ocean, rivers, and lakes we gaze upon are also home to so many other creatures. Some are friendly, most are indifferent to us, but others, others are quite deadly when we encounter them. Like the aquatic monsters of lore drawn out by a need to feed, fearsome beasts dragging our souls down into their depths of despair, leaving our bodies to float lifelessly on top of the water. First, Do you hear the deadly siren song? Next, an ancestor's promise becomes a modern-day peril. After that, classic haunted poetry by the sea from Edgar Allan Poe. And finally, never float down the river alone. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. And if you'd like to support Something Scary, consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, you can help the show and also be a part of it. Hear your name featured in a story on the podcast or weekly video and see ad-free episodes. For more information, visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Sister Siren. They say blood is thicker than water, but can a sister's love overcome the treacherous depths of the vast and deadly sea? When they were little girls, Deidre and her identical twin sister, Kira, were fascinated by the old ghost stories of the sea around their village especially the mysterious drownings at the hands of the Irish merfolk known as 
the mirror. These demonic sirens would wear magical hoods, allowing them to walk on land and hunt for victims to lure into the sea. Kira loved the legends and would play dress up as one of the murderous mermaids. But as she got older, her fascination with the creatures began to worry Deidre. Kira's morbid curiosity was becoming an obsession. One strange night, Kira began singing in an inhuman voice to the sea just beyond their doors. Deidre covered her ears as the song grew louder, and then suddenly, her sister ran outside to the waiting waters. Kira rowed their family's small paddle boat far from shore as Deidre called to her to come back home. But Kira couldn't hear her sister over her own voice, singing to the depths around her. Beneath the full moon, Deidre was helpless as she watched something wicked rise from the sea to join her sister singing. The creature embraced Kira with scaled arms and clawed hands, just as its menacing red eyes stared across the water at Deidre from under its hooded cowl. She knew it was the Miro. Kira's obsession had finally come for her. The marrow bit in Kira's neck and the two plummeted into the black water, leaving no trace to ever be found. Months became years, but Deidre never left her family home. Something inside her refused to let go of her sister. She walked the shore every night, hoping to find something left of her beloved Kira. One day, Deidre's friend Tara phoned her in tears. Her boyfriend Liam left the pub with some woman and she followed them to the lighthouse where she saw them kissing. As Tara described a woman that bore more than a passing resemblance to Deidre, she knew it was her sister. Kira had somehow returned. Deidre frantically drove to the lighthouse. She didn't know how her sister had resurrected from the sea and she didn't care. She didn't care about her stealing Liam from Tara. She only knew that her sister was finally home. At the lighthouse, the sea raged. White rabbit foam shot into the sky as the black water crashed into the jagged rocks along the coast. A putrid, rotting stench filled the air as if the shore itself was some long, undiscovered corpse. Every instinct told her to leave when she arrived, but Deidre had never given up on her sister and she wouldn't start tonight. The raging wind seemed to whisper her name. Deidre, Deidre. Was it whispering her name? Was Tara calling to her or was it Kira? As she neared the lighthouse, the sand grew wet and sticky. Deidre looked down and discovered a trail of blood leading to a gasping and dying Liam. Once she was closer, she could see the deep gouges in his throat denying him breath. He was mouthing a word that seemed to be marrow. He weakly raised his hand and with the last shreds of life pointed to the rocky shore beyond. The closer she got to the shore, the whisper grew louder and to a more persistent, distinct voice. She ignored the danger and lied to herself about the origin of that voice. It was Tara. Tara needs my help, she thought to herself as it called to her yet again. Deidre, Deidre. At the shore, she saw Tara sitting in a familiar paddle boat, the same boat that once belonged to her and her sister. She excitedly ran to it to ask Tara if she had heard the whispers as well, but Tara was dead. Her bloody torso propped up inside the boat. She recoiled in horror from the grisly scene and stepped backwards into the waiting water behind her. This time, she loudly and clearly heard her sister calling her name. Deidre, 
Deirdre! She slowly turned around to see what used to be her identical twin sister rise from the violent sea. Now Mira, Kira's scaled skin glowed a sickly green in the full moon's light. She smiled at Deirdre, her once perfect teeth now razor sharp fangs dripping with human blood. No longer a mirror image, just the distorted, horrific reflection given from troubled waters. Is that really you? Deirdre cried as she looked into unnatural red eyes. The homicidal siren swam closer. You heard my call, sister. It is me. Kira gently caressed Deirdre's hair. I had to come back for you. I have so much to show you. Will you join me? Deirdre tearfully nodded, and Kira grabbed her sister's shoulder with her clawed hands. The two screamed together in one final song, and then the mirror bit into Deirdre's neck and dragged them both down into the deep water. The sisters were reunited. The night was quiet for now, but the bloody reign of the Siren sisters had only just begun. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. There's something beneath the surface of an old lake. Cross its path and awaken its wrath. Like in this story, inspired by Gretel. Samantha loved swimming. She was never afraid of the water. From her family's lakeside view cabin, it was a part of life. By the lake, her family cultivated the land and had since her indigenous ancestors settled there generations ago. One late evening, Samantha left for Toth Lake. She enjoyed late summer night swims because she liked the freedom from the rowdier kids who splashed around or smoked during the day. They were from families that lived on a fancy development that were trying to expand into her family's old land. She often thought of how beautiful her home was, before all these flashy developments. She planned to never leave this land, not for the world. Samantha saw the glimmering lake every day and its beauty never failed to fill her with awe. But on this day, the other kids decided to have a bonfire. A bit put off by their rowdiness, she walked to the other side, near a ravine she had yet to fully explore. It was the deepest and darkest part of the lake a place her parents told her never to swim in lest she be pulled under. She could handle it, she thought, and jumped in. The water was muddier and felt slick as she kicked beneath the surface. For a moment, she felt something graze and slither past her leg. 
Beneath the water, she thought she saw two glowing yellow lights underneath. And again, the slick sensation traced along her leg. Weirded out, Samantha swam out to the embankment and tried to see what was in the water. The closer she got to this unexplored shore, the more the water turned a putrid black. There was a stench of settled water in the air arising from the embankment. Samantha looked around and gasped as her vision cleared. She screamed. It was filled with human bones. There were so many, piled in heaps. It looked like a hunting ground for some sort of lake predator. The water began to ripple around her. Something was moving. Slick coils began wrapping around the bones, coming closer to Samantha. Uncertain of what was beneath, she swam back toward a clearer shore. The ripples began to rise around her, and with it, more bones. Samantha swam faster and faster. As she got closer to the shore, she heard the screech of a creature that splashed out of the water. Its tentacles expanded around it as it pursued her. Reaching the shore, Samantha struggled out of the water and ran. Ripples visibly followed as Samantha sprinted back along the shore towards the other kids hanging out on the other side, shouting at them to run. There's something in the water. Run! It's going to eat us. The kids laughed as she frantically pointed behind her when she tried to warn them of the water creature in pursuit of the bones in the water. Then the screech echoed all around them. It had followed her back to the others. Tentacles shot past Samantha, dragging the kids into the water. When she turned around, she saw it. The enormous creature with tentacles and blazing yellow eyes. It screeched again, a horrible, great, booming sound as it squeezed the life out of the kids in its tentacles. Their bodies popped as blood oozed out of their orifices. Samantha stood paralyzed. And when its yellow eyes met hers, a tentacle whipped around her wrist. Looking into its glowing yellow eyes, she knew this was the end. Mesmerized, Samantha began to feel a connection to the large creature of the deep. It was in her head. You ventured into my territory, my nest. Normally, no creature leaves with their life. I will let you go because your blood is that of generations of people of this land. They worshipped me, as will you. In exchange for your life, bring more sacrifices for me to feed on. Obey me, or you and your people will perish. Samantha agreed, as shock from the encounter hit her and her world faded to black. When she came to... Her parents were beside her, and the EMTs and other authorities had pulled a couple of bodies out of the water. I tried to save them, Samantha managed to say as she looked at her wrist and found suction mark scars burned onto her skin. She was the only survivor. Development on the land nearby stopped for a time in the wake of the tragedy. The permanent marks on her wrist served as a powerful reminder of the promise her ancestors and now she had made with the almighty, terrible creature of Toth Lake. Samantha hated the new developments continuously going up and tearing into their shared sacred land. Samantha knew what to do to reclaim it and also uphold her promise. If more people dared to build over the land and destroy nature, 
looking at her scarred wrist and rubbing it, Samantha wondered not if she would use this power, but when. Thank you so much for inspiring this story, Gretel. A little bit of Lovecraftian horror for us all. And I wonder, what would we do if some ancient creature had been disturbed from its slumber because of us building developments on its land on like a Godzilla or a Cthulhu? Would our modern weapons work well against it? Against a cosmic creature of horror legend? Here at Something Scary, we love something Lovecraftian with a twist, sort of like Misha Green's Lovecraft Country. How do you feel about this? Do you think those kids deserved what they got? And if you like making up stories with ancient beings of lore, please send them to us to share on the podcast. No other poetry illustrates the haunting beauty of death by the sea like the works of Edgar Allan Poe. Enjoy these readings of The City by the Sea and Annabelle Lee. Lo, death has reared himself a throne, have gone to their eternal rest, their shrines and palaces and towers, time-eaten towers that tremble not, resemble nothing that is ours. Around, by lifting winds forgot, residedly beneath the sky, the melancholy waters he. No rays from the holy heaven come down on the long night time of that town, but light from out the lurid seas streams up the turrent silently, gleams up the pinnacles far and free, up domes, up spires, up kingly halls, up fanes, up Babylon-like walls, up shadowy, long-forgotten bowers of sculptured ivy and stone flowers, up many and many a marvelous shrine whose wreathed friezes intertwine the vile, the violet, and the vine. Residedly beneath the sky, the melancholy waters lie. So blend the turrets and shadows there that all seems pendulous in air. In a strange city lying alone far down within the dim west, where the good and the bad and the worst and the best, while from a proud tower in the town, death looks gigantically down. There, open fanes and gaping graves yawn level with the luminous waves, but not the riches there that lie in each idol's diamond eye, not the gaily jeweled dead tempt the waters from their bed. For no ripples curl, alas, along that wilderness of glass, no swellings tell that winds may be upon some far-off happier sea, no heavings hint that winds have been. Along that wilderness of glass, no swellings tell that winds may be upon some far-off happier sea. No heavings hence that winds have been on seas less hideously serene. But lo, a stir is in the air. The wave, there is a movement there, as if the towers had thrust aside and slightly sinking the dull tide, as if their tops had feebly given a void within the filmy heaven. The waves here now are redder glow, the hours are breathing faint and low, and when amid no earthly moans, down, down from that town shall settle hence, hell rising from a thousand thrones shall do it reverence. 
It was many and many a year ago in a kingdom by the sea that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden, she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea. But we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago, in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud chilling my beautiful Annabel Lee, so that her high-born kinsmen came and bore her away from me, to shut her up in a sepulchre in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea. That the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabel Lee. But our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we, and neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever deserver my soul from my soul of the beautiful Annabel Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing my dreams of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And the stars never rise, but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabel Lee. And so all the night tide, I lie down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, and her sepulcher there by the sea, and her tomb by the surrounding sea. We love haunting tales told through poetry like these classics, but we also love to read original poems from you all. So send us some at somethingscary@snarled.com. Listen to the warnings in folklore from family. You never know when it will come in handy. Like in this Riverside story inspired by Santiago. On the Japanese island of Hokkaido, there lived a young boy named Koichi. He and his family lived near the Ishikari River, the third longest river in Japan. Every summer, they'd go fish at the river. While waiting to catch dinner, his uncle would warn of the kappa. Don't get too close to the river when you're alone. The kappa is waiting, he would tease. Take some cucumbers with you to feed the kappa or it will eat your liver, he'd say of the childlike water sprite. You might think it's just a boy, but really, it's an amphibious turtle-like demon with a dish on its head. Koichi grew bored of his uncle's stories, believing them to be full of folklore and ancient legend. How could he take him seriously? A creature that had a dish on its head. It seemed too ridiculous. His uncle insisted it was true. It's how it leaves the water, boy. It needs to carry some to tread land. If it loses the water, it can die. Uncle, have you ever seen such a creature? Koichi asked skeptically. You're just trying to scare me from swimming alone. His uncle replied, maybe, maybe not. It's best you don't find out. One hot summer day, Koichi decided to take a swim in the Ishikari River on a flotation donut. For the first time in his life, he felt at peace in the serene waters. He closed his eyes for only a moment, not realizing he had floated away from camp. The water began to pick up speed, waking him up. Alert, 
He had a strange feeling that he was being watched. When he looked around, he saw the bushes moving around him by the bank. Paddling back, Koichi got out of the water to get a closer look. As he approached, a strange figure jumped out of the bush. It stood like a human, with frog-like skin, webbed fingers and toes, a turtle-like shell on its back, a beak-like mouth. And yes, its head was shaped like a dish. Koichi couldn't believe his eyes. It was really a kappa. The creature stared at him with a hungry, carnivorous look. Koichi turned to run, maybe to escape back into the water, but the kappa was much faster. It grabbed him by the foot with a surprising force. They fell down by the shore and he began to wrestle for his life. The kappa furiously aimed for Koichi's gut with its beak. The pecking tore at the side of his flesh. He yelled for help, wondering, is this the end of me? Tears dripped down his face and his body shook in fear. The kappa was relentless and ripped at his stomach, tearing into his flesh. Howling in pain, Koichi screamed. Just before the kappa could reach his insides, Koichi slipped his foot from the creature's wet grip and punched it into the face so hard that the water from the top of his head spilled on the ground. The creature screeched in pain as its body became weak. The dehydration was settling in as it crawled back towards the water. Why it had been on land in the first place was a mystery to Koichi, but the fact that it had already been weakened had helped him as well. Then, the twang of a bow cut through the air as an arrow pinned the kappa to the shore before it could submerge in the waters. Koichi held his bleeding side in tears as he looked behind him. His uncle shot another arrow that landed with a solid thud into the dead kappa's head. As Koichi yelled over to his uncle, a sudden chorus of hissing sounds erupted. Out of the river reeds, more kappas came out and swarmed over the body of their lost. They looked right at them both. We must leave now and never return here, Koichi's uncle said, grabbing onto his nephew as they backed away. He held his bow up with an arrow ready to fly. Wearily, they escaped from the growing clan of hissing kappa huddled around their dead. The experience haunted Koichi for the rest of his life. He would never allow himself or anyone he cared about to swim in a river or pond alone ever again. This week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty, Sabina Graves, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.